So we're talking about being, now I said all that to say this. All of that stuff we just talked about, we can't do a frazzling thing about. We cannot do anything about it. But what we can do is be ready to host the presence of God. Be ready to host a revival. Be ready. Hallelujah. I don't think we have to worry about, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I did a few things to, like I have, uh, we have butane in our, we have gas, I mean, and we have electric stove, so we have butane so we can cook on the barbecue grill. We have, I'm not butane, I keep calling it that, propane, but uh, it used to be butane back in our farmer days. That's an old thing. And uh, so uh, propane, we have uh, a little bit of food on hand, but I'm really not worried about those preparations as much as I'm saying we need to be prepared spiritually. We need to be in. The, we need to be listening. We need to be obeying. If God, we've said this for years, though. If God says pull over on the side of the road, pull over on the side of the road. If God says, you know, whatever He says, do you do it? And that is where our safety is. That's where our protection is from anything that might come, whether it be a, a tornado or a. We're saying no tornadoes here and no earthquakes in Tuscaloosa County, but uh, just uh, <laughs> whatever might happen. Hallelujah! Whatever could be, just be 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 spiritually ready is the big is the big issue is that we're spiritually ready we're walking close to god we're in the secret place of his presence we're in his word uh we're praying because if you pray you hear better if you you know hallelujah so um we can't do anything about that but we can do something about being prepared and so that's what we're doing we're preparing so we can help others so that's why we're studying hosting the presence because we know that we already know what our job is, at least for this year, is uh, host the move of God in Alabama, bring a healing presence, be ready to heal the sick. Hallelujah. If they can't get their medicine, they'll come to Tuscaloosa Prayer and Healing Center, won't they? Hallelujah. So, uh, and anyway, so we uh, covered the first week. Haggai, uh, this, this section that we're in, Lesson 3, is empowered by the presence. And there's five points under Lesson 3. Number one was uh, we are empowered to release greater glory. And Haggai 2.9 said that the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. So, hallelujah. We're in for the greater. And we are the latter house. Hallelujah. Everything the Old Testament prophets had and made, had that made them feared, respected, and powerful, we carry on the inside of us. That is going to be a good thing in these last days, to be feared, respected, and have the power, be able to release the power and uh, help people. There's nothing else God has to do for us. If you're, if you're thinking, well, I need to get stronger, I need to grow. Well, we all want to grow. We all want to get stronger, and we should grow. We shouldn't be the same next year as we are this year, but we do not have to have anything. God doesn't have to do anything for us for us in order that we can do the works of Jesus and even do the greater works. We're ready now. You are ready now. So all it is is to just go do it. That's all that's lacking is that we go do it. The only thing I would say is that we get bolder. You know, that we could ask that we get bolder because we are that latter house. Number two, we are empowered by people of presence. We talked about last week getting in the presence of people are powerful. And we talked about uh, Saul to, for specifically in 1 Samuel 10, 6. 
uh, the Lord told him to go and be with the prophets and uh, and uh, it says, then the spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. And, you know, I would say to you tonight, if you want to be ordinary, and I've actually known people that said, I just want to be ordinary. I just want to be, uh, you know, I think that's the most pastor's kids at some point in their life say, I just want to be ordinary. I just want to be regular, which is horrible because they sh really what it should be is they do not know the privilege that they have walked under. My kids have sat in our house with Willie George and, you know, Joe Morris. They've had privileges other kids haven't had, and too much is given, much is required. I will say that. But if you want to be ordinary, I can tell you how. Stay home. Don't come to church and hang out with the world, and you will be so ordinary it will be amazing. And, um, but if you want to live in the supernatural, then you come to church, you hang with people that carry the Holy Spirit, you get in the presence of God, you make time to do it, even though you don't have time, you make time to do it. You just, you go in there and, you know, like I used to do, tell the kids to get their own breakfast. I tell you what, it did not kill them to get their own breakfast. <laughs> yeah. You know, we just put the cabinet, the post toasties, the milk and the... The, the the toaster strudels and the pop tarts and it's just like whatever you want have at it you know and uh, my, and and we got in the both of us got in the presence of God we made them pack their own lunches I tell you what they can do it they can do it all you have to do is supply them. and uh, whatever it takes though it does and we went in our bedroom we shut the door he went in the garage he shut the door and we and we got in the presence of the Lord and we did that for years and years and years and not only that we were the meanest parents on earth I made them pack my lunch besides all that it's like make me a sandwich too since you're making sandwiches and so because we had to take our lunch to school anyway uh <coughs> Hallelujah. So uh, Saul went, he hung out with the prophets, and in that encounter, he was changed into another man, and he prophesied. And that one encounter gave him what he needed to become the king of Israel. And it actually gave him what he needed to become the king of Israel and be a success. Now, he made some bad choices at the end, and he didn't end good, but uh, that doesn't mean that he wasn't equipped to end right. And you're equipped to end right, too. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Number three, and this is new tonight, is we are empowered with potential and that's John 20 uh, we're going to look at John 20 in, in yeah. hallelujah John 20 verse 21 you and I are empowered with potential John 20 verse 21 then said Jesus to them again peace be unto you as my father has sent me even so send I you you are empowered to go you are empowered with potential. We have built-in potential because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember Romans 8, 11, it says, uh, If that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, He shall quicken your mortal bodies. So we that's about healing, and that's great. But also, just what he, think about what He said. If the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. In other words, you don't need more. 
Hallelujah. When we sing about more, when we pray about more, we're ta talking about God give us more on the inside, do a better job of salvation, give us do a better job of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, although we can be refilled. But really what we're talking about is we want to encounter you more. We want to experience you more. We want to uh, we want to have we want to be with you, Lord, and we want to know more about you. And that's really what we're asking when we ask that. And it's important that we know that. Philippians 4.19 says that, I, that my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory. So all the need that we have is already supplied. Uh, we have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. I believe that's enough to get the job done. Hallelujah. Uh, but the key is, the, there's two keys stewarding it, stewarding what's on the inside of us, we could waste it. We could waste the anointing. I know Brother Hagin used to talk about when the presence of God came into a service, he said, we don't need to waste it. We could just fritter it away, you know, just, but we need to ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want us to do? We need to act on it. When the Holy, when you sense the presence of the Holy Spirit, that's a time to respond. That's a time to do what God's telling you to do. The key is activity. Not, not, not talking about religious activity because we are not working to please God. You do not work to please God under the new covenant. Is that right? Hallelujah. Catholics are always working to please God. They're always trying to please Him. So they're going, and if they don't go to Mass, there's, there's penalty. They're unpleasing if they don't go to Mass. They have to go. Uh, they, uh, I know I had a Catholic friend and we went, she went with us on a trip one time and we had to take her to the Catholic church. She had to go. It was not like you can get out of this. And so, um, they're working. They're always, uh, well, say, say 50 Hail Marys. Hail Mary, Mother of God. And I don't know the rest of it. I just, I got that much out of the movies. Hallelujah. Anyway, that's working to please God. And we don't have to work to please God. We're already pleasing to Him. Uh, too many times, though, in some other way, we work for what we already have. Uh, sometimes we ask for, what to we, for things that we ought to be decreeing instead. You know, we'll pray for things. You know, we need to watch how we pray. Hallelujah. And what we already have, we decree. You know, we decree it. Now we can, when we ask, we can ask God to do stuff for other people that we already know, that we already know we have ourselves. But we, there's much of what we already have that we just need to be decreeing instead. God is not looking for religious activity. He's looking for co-labors. You're not going to please him by religious activity, but he wants you to co-labor with him. And that means in prayer, uh, we're not begging him for something. Oh, you know, I heard um, Patsy Caminetti, she said, and she was like, pa prayer and healing school, Brother Hagen's big prayer and healing school leader. Uh, I think her name was Patsy Brenham, 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 something then. But she's Patsy Caminetti now. But anyway, she said, you know, you we always pray, not, oh, begging God, oh, God, please give us this, and oh, God, and oh, God, and oh, God, you know. 
that's just religious activity. But we pray like we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, like we are, and we decree things, we say things, we command things. Hallelujah. Now, that doesn't mean we don't pray prayers of repentance or prayers of... Uh, of uh, but you gotta you got to rightly divide. you got to know the difference. Hallelujah. Um, so... Um, Jesus is our, God is not looking for religious activity, but he's looking for co-labors. We talked about prayer, but in other realms. So how do we know what we're supposed to be doing to co-labor with Jesus? Well, it's in the Gospels. Jesus is our model. Jesus is our model of what we are supposed to be doing. That's what we do to co-labor with him. We do just what he did, which is what he do. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. Uh, open blind eyes, hallelujah, preach, 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 preach the gospel, amen, hallelujah. Uh, <clears throat> that is our calling, and that is our potential. So we know what we're supposed to do. We don't have to sit around thinking, oh God, what am I supposed to do? I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. Yes, you do. And it's found in Matthew 10, 7 and 8. We'll go look at the actual scripture of it. We've already said it, but we'll, we'll look at the scripture. Matthew 10, you ought to mark this heavily in your Bible. Mark 10, 7 and 8. Because you could answer a lot of people's questions right here. Bill Johnson gives this example. He said that he has people come up to him and say, Well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know if I'm supposed to be a teacher or if I'm supposed to be a, I don't know what, you know, a secretary. And he says, well, just pick something. Now, that's pretty amazing. But he tells everybody, and this is what, that we all know what we're supposed to do. And the other matters little. It matters very little. Verse 7, and as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. No matter what you do. As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely you've received, freely give. When you want to know what you're supposed to do, everybody in here, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, uh, cast out devils, freely you've received, freely give. That's the whole, that's your whole assignment in life. This is God's will for your life. Hallelujah. We get too caught up with our worldly job. It does not matter. And if you're honest and you think about it, except for the fact that you have opportunity to witness to people, you have opportunity to uh, uh, help people get them saved and, and get them healed, except for that, Everything at your job is wood, hay, and stubble and will not count anything in the next life. It's not going to... I don't care. I don't care if you're a rocket scientist. You had to tell me what rocket science is going to have to do with the next life. Nothing. You know, so name the job. Name the job. I've had people uh, tell me they didn't want to miss work and want me to do something... But my job's more important than their job. Uh-uh. Hallelujah. So don't think, don't, work, don't think about your job. I mean, I'm not saying don't do it, and I'm not saying don't do a good job. I mean, I believe we should be. It's dishonest not to do a good job. But I think sometimes we put too much of our heart and soul into it instead of just go do the job. Hallelujah. 
Don't worry about it. Don't fret about it. Do a good job. If, if you don't know how to do something, ask God to help you. He's the, Holy God, the Holy Ghost wants to help you. He wants to help make your job easy for you. Because he won't, the reason He wants to help make your job easy for you is because He wants you to be free to go ahead and... Do, he doesn't want you coming home at 5 o'clock and then working for the next five hours on your job. You're supposed to come home at 5 o'clock and now I can, I can totally preach the gospel, totally do these things. Hallelujah. Don't get too caught up with your worldly job and don't get too caught up with the things of this world for your family. Because remember, it's not going to count for anything. All, even in later life, most of all the, you know, and I'm not saying that, so, I think our kids should have fun. But we overdo the fun thing. We, you know, a lot of times, because all these little ball games and all these little sports, unless you're going to go and you're going to play professional sports, and you can pretty much tell. I mean, they got some kids out there that it's like, honey, you should find something they can do. And you can tell they're just out there because mama wants them to be out there. or And, you know, or daddy, probably more like daddy if it's sports. Hallelujah. I mean, I feel sorry sometimes for little kids that you can tell they don't want to do it. But somebody is taking them. And, you know, hallelujah. We put too much emphasis on worldly things. And our job is to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely receive, freely give. Don't matter where you work. I wouldn't go work in jobs that were, uh, you know, you don't want to be making something that's not righteous, but, you know, hallelujah. Anyway, number four, we are empowered to make a difference. In Judges 6.13, we've been talking about Gideon some, so we'll go over to Judges. That's right after Joshua. Uh, is Judges one of the books that's hard to read for y'all? <laughs> it's like, okay, Lord. I've been reading Joshua. And, you know, Bill Johnson said, uh, what, Joshua needs to be R-rated? Not for, not for, but for violence. It's, it's like, and they killed them, and they wiped out every one of them, and they killed the king. And uh, it's like, man, this would, this would be a tough movie to make, wouldn't it? And then they went to the next town and they killed them all and they drove a sword right through the king. <laughs> and then they go to the next town and they do the same thing and they do this over and over and over again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and they do all of that. You know why they do all of that? Have you ever stopped to think why they did it? Only to get Messiah here. Not because God hates people. But to get Messiah here, to pervert, preserve that righteous line. Because if, he, if the Jews don't win, we're not getting Jesus. And if they stamp the Jews out, because that's the line that God chose. He chose it in Abraham to bring his Messiah through. Hallelujah. So he's got to preserve it at all costs. And he can't afford to let them marry and intermarry and get polluted. And, and they even did some of that. But, you know, as much as possible, he preserved that righteous line to, so we can get to Jesus so that we can all be redeemed. Hallelujah. So we're glad that Joshua slayed. Go, Joshua. Hallelujah. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. 
So how many times have we asked a question very uh, similar uh, to that, where we've said something like, uh, well, why has this stuff happened to me? <laughs> you ever ask anything like that? If you haven't, we'll see me after church because you're pretty, you're very spiritual. Uh, where, are our, where are all the miracles? One thing we have to be careful is not to make the bad stuff the sovereign will of God, right? Hallelujah. It was uh, jo Judges, Judges 6.13, Judges 6.13. Oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? Lord, if, how many people say, well, if, if there really was a God, he wouldn't have allowed that to happen. You ever heard that? If there really was a God, he wouldn't have allowed my brother to get shot or whatever. If there really was a God, and uh, or, if they say, or we sometimes say something about, have you ever wondered, where are the miracles? I've actually heard people say, well, um, um, which I've heard people say this, and I might have even been tempted to believe it just for two or three seconds, where it says, well, you know, we're not in a season of miracles right now. We're in a different season. But the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So this is not a seasonal thing, this, uh, this healing the sick, raising the dead, uh, cleansing the leper. Uh, so we don't make the bad stuff the sovereign will of God. And even when we see things like these harbingers, these warnings, uh, we don't even make this judgment. This is not God's sovereign will. This is not his will. But if you take a gun and shoot yourself in the foot, you can't say it's God's will. If you tear your umbrella all to pieces... You can't say, well, it was God's will for me to get wet. And uh, so we just can't do that. Uh, uh, it is not good to point a finger at God and accuse him of not being good. Because even because it's all he's always good. I'll tell you some bad doctrine that's out there big right now is it couldn't happen if it wasn't God's will. Everything that happens is God's will. That is big in denominational churches right now. Uh, we talked about that with Pastor West last week, and he was talking about, well, it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't God's will. So everything was God's will. Well, of course it wasn't God's will for 9-11 to happen. But we had defied God. That's ex We defied God. Americans, not we, like me and you, but Amer I'm speaking of Americans defying God. Uh, and also... The church, the responsibility that the church has in everything is the church has been prayerless for the most part. We have a prayerless church in America for the most part. And so that's our responsibility for why things have creeped in and why things have happened. Uh, uh, <clears throat> instead of, you know, instead of accusing God, pointing a finger or saying, where are the miracles? Why has this stuff happened? We need to, instead, we should evaluate ourselves. And ask, where have we missed it, God? Where have we missed it? It's a cop-out to say it couldn't happen if it wasn't God's will. That's just pure spiritual laziness. It's a cop-out. It gives false comfort to people. It gives false encouragement to people. Well, your baby died. Well, it couldn't have happened if it wasn't God's will. You know. No, it's just because we were ignorant. You know, Gloria Copeland says, we just didn't know enough then. Or if we knew enough, we were uh, we were 
kind of taking a spiritual nap. We were asleep at the wheel. We let life get to us, and we we quit praying. We quit going to church. We got distracted, and uh, you know, didn't know. The Bible says, "He that he that knoweth it to do right and doeth it not, for him it is sin." Hallelujah. We are not promised a life without adversity. But we are given a way to conquer adversity through the name of Jesus. Uh, and you, you just uh, think about it. Putting on the whole armor of God. There's just so many. The, the Bible says in First Peter, Second Peter, Second Peter that by this, uh, by these exceeding great and precious promises is how we escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. If you want to know how to escape what's coming, get in the Word of God because and, and speak the promises. Get in Psalm 91 and make sure that you're not just uh, putting Psalm 91 on as a band-aid, but you're actually taking the time to get in the secret place of the Most High God. Hallelujah. Um, um, we have been instructed to represent Jesus and to destroy the works of the devil. And if we don't do it, it's not his fault. It's ours. In other words, we see a tornado coming. If we don't destroy the works of the devil, it's not his fault. It's ours. Hallelujah. And uh, that goes along with sickness. Hallelujah. We, you know, we need to get rid of any pride that we have. Hallelujah. In Judges 6.14, if you're still there, drop down. Uh, and it says, And the Lord God looked upon Gideon and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? So that's our command too. Go in this might of yours, because we've been given this might on the inside of us. Have I not sent you? And he has. He has sent us. We have the Holy Ghost. We have his might. We have God's supernatural strength on the inside of us. It's just a matter of releasing it. And we have to renew our minds so we know what to do. Hallelujah. We're still learning. And we're still learning how things work best. You know, what releases the power of God best. What? Uh, uh, hallelujah. Most of the spirit-filled body of Christ right now is waiting for a great move. We know them personally. We know these people. We have, you know, we, we are wasting years that we have had to do the works of Jesus when we are waiting for a sovereign move of God. We're waiting for a move of God in the earth. Now, I'm not saying a move of God's not coming. I'm just saying we don't need to wait for it. Because we've already got on the inside of us what we need. Uh, we, uh, you know, the sovereign move of God is going to do more for people out there to get them to the right place. It's not going to be about us having a huge Holy Ghost party. Although we can, we can enjoy a Holy Ghost party. Another, uh, uh, so, so we could be waiting for a sovereign move of God or we could sit around and wait for a calamity like Jonathan Kahn talks about. Uh, we could be sitting around waiting for calamity, thinking about calamity, but we don't need to do that. We need to go ahead and do the works of Jesus. There is something coming. Things are coming. There is no doubt things are coming. Too much, you, you heard it, all of the dates that line up perfectly and all the blood moons and this happened on a blood moon and that happened on Passover and this happened on that day and, you know, all the signs in the heavens. Something's coming. God's warning people and, uh, and things are coming. 
but we don't need to sit around waiting on a calamity to happen. We need to get out and do the works of Jesus. Uh, we need to be saying daily, where's the harvest ripe today, Lord? And go there. You know, if you're going to go out to lunch, it's not. It's, well, where's the harvest ripe? Because if you're like me and pastor, do you really care what you eat? Not that much. Hallelujah. As long as he doesn't send me to the Indian place or something like that. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to say, send Eric and Anita, Lord. I'm going to call him and say, I'm gonna call him and say the harvest is ripe over there. <laughs> Hallelujah. You need to be going there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. One way to stay stirred up is constantly sharing testimonies. That stirs us up in spiritual hunger. It stirs us up to go do the works of Jesus. I know it makes me want to. Hallelujah. To go on treasure hunts. To pass out healing center cards and brochures. We need to get those, we need to get those out there. Hallelujah. I like the brochures. I think the brochures tell more. And I think you, I, I've noticed people are tending towards the card. But I think the brochures give more information and make them more confident. The cards just to give them a time and a, a reminder of when to be there, which those are good. But those brochures, hallelujah, we need to cover Tuscaloosa up at those brochures. And even if they don't use them, they may say, well, you know, somebody gave me a brochure once, you know, uh, when they uh, they hear of they hear of somebody needing help and hallelujah. Okay, number five, we're empowered to be encouraged in unlikely places. Hallelujah. You know, Judges in Judges 7, verse 10, you can just go over one chapter. And it says, uh, But if thou fear to go down, go thou with Furah, thy servant, down to the host, and thou shalt hear what they say, and afterwards shall thine hands be strengthened to go down into the host. Then he went down with Fura, his servant, unto the outside of the armed men that were in the host. So what he did is he went to the enemy's camp. If you're afraid, he, God said, if you're afraid, Gideon, to go down, then, I, you, then you need to go down to the, idiot, to the enemy's camp and listen to what they're saying. Hallelujah. Listen to what the enemy's saying. And when he got down there, what he found out is that they were in fear, that the enemy was in fear. Did you know the devil is afraid? Because uh, Why? Because you can't give away what you don't have, and he gives a lot of fear away, so he must have a bunch. Hallelujah. So uh, <clears throat> uh, we know what to do. We need to, if we're afraid, we need to face it head on. Fear does not go away just because we step out, step out but, it, but hallelujah, what we find when we step out and we go, you know, like in Tuscaloosa, for instance, people in Tuscaloosa look like everything's pretty well. I would say compared to a lot of cities, if you were to go to Redding, California, or you were to go some other places in the nation, you would not see people here are mostly dressed well. I mean, you see some that aren't, but, you know, they look good. You go down to Main Street, or not Main Street, University, and... uh uh, Greensboro, you go down in the lunch hour and you're going to see some people dressed nice in Tuscaloosa. There's some nice looking folks in this town. But I'm telling you, it's just a facade because if on the inside, the very same things 
that 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 need are are in there are under there they may not look like they need help is what i'm trying to say but they need help they're facing impossibilities they have they they in many cases they're defeated they're hopeless atrocities have happened in their lives they have terminal illnesses they're facing the fears of war they have uh, they even have sons that are stationed in in bad places there's discouragement there's depression you can look good on the outside be dressed nice have on nice jewelry have on all the right stuff have on great perfume you smell good and you can still be full of despair discouragement depression marriage problems drugs addictions kid problems suicidal thoughts and financial distress and all of that so we don't need to be afraid to be bold to witness because people need help People need help. Every time we see a problem, we have the answer. We do. Because we have Jesus on the inside of us, I already have the answer. I don't even have to wonder what the answer is. The answer to every person in Tuscaloosa County, the answer to their problem is Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hallelujah. So, um, where, the, the, where the, the, the bigger the problem, the more God loves to bring a miracle. So we don't need to be overwhelmed like, oh, my Lord, they got such problems. You know, well, that's just a bigger miracle. Light shows up in darkness. Victory comes where there's no hope. Weakness is not a factor with God. He said, in your weakness, I'm made strong. Your weakness is not a factor. We all have weaknesses. You may not can speak well. That's not a factor. Just give God your voice. There's not. A, you don't have a weakness that God's not well able to handle it's not a factor so even we face fear head on by ministering we face fear by ministering we just go in there and do it hallelujah we get out of our comfort zone we stretch we stretch hallelujah and we do it because we care that people are going to go to hell or if they don't go to hell they're going to die young hallelujah Praise God. And if you, you know, you might run into one in 25 that'll reject you. Don't even tell about it. Don't even focus on it. That is not the issue. Who is the three that received you? Who's the three that took you? That received what you had, you know, and maybe they didn't get it all. Maybe you weren't able to give the whole plan of salvation or hallelujah. But I guarantee you a lot of people that y'all have gone out on treasure hunts and you have talked to. It was, they may, you may not have seen it that way because it may have seemed pretty low key to you. But it was a wake up call for them. Because nobody had ever talked to them before. Nobody ever walked up to them in Walmart before. And they went home thinking about it. And I guarantee you, I would, I would just about bet anything that some of them said, we got to get back in church. Or we got to go to church. Or we got to get our kids in church. Because there's a, because nearly everybody in this town, I can tell by looking at this crowd tonight that nearly everybody in this town and probably half of this church needs a wake-up call. And I hope it's not a plane flying into a tower for you to wake up and me to wake up. Hallelujah. But your, your, many of your children need wake-up calls. And I, I know people say, oh, you know, I don't want these bad things to happen because I'm scared for my children. Well, I want my kids shaken. It's like, <laughs> it's, I, I mean, 
You don't, don't tell me you'd rather see them continue like they are away from God and not doing right and not and don't tell me that. So because you don't want them inconvenienced a little or you don't want them scared a little cuz something, you know, that happened in the earth. Uh even Paul said, you know, and we're not saying this, but Paul said it. I'm just not brave enough to say it that he turned them over to the devil for the destruction of their flesh that their soul might be saved. But man, if you want Christians to run out the door, say that, so I'm not going to say it. But I do say Paul said. And I'm not wanting my family to have any destruction of the flesh. I pray every day. Hallelujah. I pray every day that they'll get back to where they're supposed to be. All of them. I'm not even just talking about clothes. I'm talking about relatives and out there. And Hallelujah. Our neighborhood is asleep. We go to church on Sunday morning and, and, and the Baptists are out mowing their lawn or practicing baseball in the front yard. Now, I'm not saying every Baptist. I tell you, some of the Baptists are really getting hold of this Jonathan Kahn stuff. They really are. They're listening to it. They're listening. And uh, they're, they're, praise God, praise God. And you know, you go, oh, well, I don't know. But I tell you what, when we were young teenagers well older teenagers not young teenagers older teenagers and newly married what do y'all remember that book late great planet earth that woke us up that woke michael billings up in the baptist church that woke us up and we went oh you know that's why we thought jesus gonna come back for we could get colin to kindergarten Ooh, hallelujah but it don't matter i was woke up and i you know i Hallelujah. Well, do we need to pray for anybody tonight? Because we need to shut this thing down so we can go party. We've just been partying all week, haven't we? We had, we had a party Monday night after uh, the... Because the, my neighbor on Saturday night called at 9 o'clock. The ones y'all prayed for brought us uh, a huge hot pound cake. And it was <laughs> at 9 o'clock on Saturday night. And so we got to have a party. And Pastor told them we ate it for our group that met on Monday night. And that really blessed them. So, hallelujah. Okay, Miss Pam. Hallelujah. I mean, not hallelujah, you're having pain. But hallelujah, we get to see the, the healing power of God work. Hallelujah. Praise God. Dreddy, you want to go pray for her?